Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to this powerful message by David Entry at Caris Phase 2, our Christ-centered youth services. You can never find Christ outside of the open word of God. May Jesus Christ reveal himself to you as you listen. When you are born again and you want to do well in the Lord, there are some scriptures that come to you naturally. If you have been in Christ a little, for a little while, there are some scriptures that will be just with you. The scriptures stay with you. You love them, they, they, they capture your heart. The, the longer you are in Christ, the most landmark scriptures you will know. Many, there are scriptures I quote, which I got to know of them in, through my personal studies about 33 years ago. And they haven't left me. For example, when you hear me speaking about the Holy Ghost, and I mention Acts chapter 19, verse 1, whilst Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coasts of Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, we don't, we have not heard anything as the Holy Ghost much as the, he said, into, then he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, John, John's baptism. He said, oh, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, but he told them that they should believe in the one who is coming after him. And when they have heard it, they were all baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost, you see, this thing I'm telling you is over 33 years old in my heart and in my mind. There are scriptures, Romans chapter 8, sections of Romans chapter 8, uh, if God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 32, if God, the one, if he did not spare his only son, but gave him out to how one shall live? Verse 37, we are more than conquerors through Christ uh, who loved us. So we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans chapter 8, 16, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, uh, the, the Spirit of God bears witness. 14, as many as are led. The one that I knew very early is verse 26, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. He said, if, um, for we do not know how, likewise the Spirit, I like that one, it starts with, likewise the Spirit helpeth us in our infirmities, for we know how to pray as we ought to. Many of these scriptures, I can go on, several scriptures that it's not yesterday I learned them. They have been part of my life for over 30 years. So when you are born again, there are scriptures that must stay with you. They will stay, if you are born again, some scriptures stay with you. If you are not born again, it's a different story. You can be going to church. If, okay, let me tell you. If you've been going to church and some scriptures are not staying in your heart, it, church hasn't been coming to you. Because one of the signs that shows that church has come into you is scripture stays with you. I'm not talking about you remember Matthew 10, 20, uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 2. I'm not talking about remembering the references necessarily, but you know the scriptures. It's one of your scriptures you use a lot. When you are talking to people and there are no scriptures, but a, a young lady wrote a letter to me um, recently, and she was making references to scripture. Some of us, you are dry of scripture. You are really dry of the spirit. Dry of the spirit. Now, how can you be a Holy Ghost-filled believer and you are not familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 12? You must know 1 Corinthians 14 
Because of the ignorant people there who say, when you go to church, you are not supposed to be speaking in tongues. The only scripture they can quote is 1 Corinthians 14. So you must know it. And when they come, you explain it to them in a way they didn't realize. And they said, hey, I speak, I, verse 18, I thank God, I, Paul talking, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Thank God I speak in tongues more than you. But look at the verse. But in the church, the next verse says that, yet in the church, I rather speak five words with my understanding that by, that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in unknown tongues. They say, you see, so why are you speaking in tongues in church? It's clear in the Bible. Some people will quote the Bible wrongly. And they can even go and sit on Instagram and TikTok, quoting scriptures roughly, and they speak. Listen, the fact that someone is speaking with confidence doesn't mean they are right. Don't be intimidated by the way someone speaks confidently. Because many people who are ignorant about scripture can speak very confidently. Speak very confidently. You see, guys, let's look at what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying, you see, the Bible is saying it's not about a man. Don't be talking about a man. Of course, your heart is covered with soot. Soot. So you can't even see when you are being stupidly wrong. You are one-sided because of vendetta and enmity and jealousy in your heart. So you take the scripture and let the scripture say things that is not saying. You can say anything stupid and find a scripture to back it. People divorce their wives and get a scripture. You are coming to quote First Corinthians. How Paul says that? This one says, I am Apollos. He says, it's not Apollos, it's about Christ. Read the context. Because they were making Christianity about me. Is this one I follow? So because I follow this one, I don't have anything to do with you. Paul said, that's why I'm happy I didn't baptize any of you. Does that mean it's wrong to baptize people? Does that mean a pastor shouldn't baptize people? So you can read it wrongly. Paul said, I'm happy I didn't baptize any of you. Because of this kind, this kind of understanding you are operating with, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you. Because you guys are so segregative, you can't even share fellowship one with another. You are share fellowship based on, okay, who got you baptized? Who got you born again? Okay, then we are on this side. It's like football team. But it's a church. So it doesn't matter what Jesse you wear, it's a church. That's what Paul was addressing. He wasn't addressing stupid person. Why did he say that let the others be counted worthy of double honor? Any society, any community that doesn't know how to honor people who are ahead, people who speak into your life, people, they will crash on the, that society will crash. You can't come to United Kingdom and talk anyhow about our king. There's no society that will allow their people of authority to be trampled upon. No church can ever grow relevant and powerful above the honor given to their leader. That's how God chose to do it. If you don't understand it, go and create your own world. <laughs> Let's get into the scripture. Sit down. <laughs> People are so ignorant and you pick a scripture from anywhere and begin to talk and they speak boldly. And most of these people don't even, they have never been discipled. How many souls have you won? They don't, they don't pride themselves in building up their kingdom. People who always in, especially those who try to look religious, they will always be the first to attack the anointed. 
Read your Bible. It's there. Look at Paul. Every, and sometimes you think that even he has won the case, but still they, they won't let him go. All right, let's get into 1 Corinthians. So there are some scriptures you have to know, like 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He said, Paul said, I, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than y'all. However, in the church, I will speak five words than speak thousand. And they leave, they leave the middle. Why is, speaking, why is he speaking five words? He's speaking five words because he's trying to teach. But what's the sense in me standing here since I came? Shalabalabababa, shikalaba, thousand words. What will it benefit you? That's not teaching. But come on, if I begin to pray, shandalabakahabaya, what has that got to do with you? Why are you worried about my praying? Am I, excuse me, am I talking to you? Verse 2 said, he that speaks in tongues does not talk to men. So what's your problem? He that speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men. So what is your problem? If I've come to church and they say talk to God, what stops me from talking to God without talking to you? What's your problem about that? Oh no, you're not speaking in tongues in church. Where again? I can't pray in church. No, but there are people there. But I'm not talking to them when we come to them and pray. But see, when people's hearts are blind and their heart is set in a certain way, like the heart of Simon the sorcerer, they, they come out with all kinds of propositions and they look for scripture to back it. So it's good to know 1 Corinthians chapter 14, but it's amazing to know 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's important to know 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now look, look at how it opens up 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It said concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. Why is it that there are people in the church who are very blunt and ignorant about spiritual gifts? Do you know who to blame? They are pastors. One of the things that must happen in Caris and in KP2 is if you sit in KP2 and constantly keep listening to teaching, you will know more than someone in Bible school. He said, concerning brethren, concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you. I don't want you to be ignorant. I can't keep you ignorant. The verse 2. You know that you were all gentle, carried away with, uh, onto these dumb idols. Carried away with, even as you were led. Next verse. Wherefore, I give you, I give you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God, if it's the Spirit of God in you, you can't speak against Jesus. And you can't speak for Jesus except the Holy Ghost is doing it. It's very interesting. So that means if the Holy Ghost is not on you, you can't speak for Jesus. All you end up doing is speaking against Jesus. You might not even say, I don't like Jesus, but your attitude towards certain things will end up tearing anything Jesus. It takes a lot of religious people Many religious people are the ones that devil uses much against the church. Never forget that. Sometimes it's good to put it on social media. The devil uses a lot of religious people against the church, especially religious people who think they are Christians. Most of those people, many, let me tell you something. Never take anyone who says he's a believer as a believer, as a Christian. No, there are a lot of people who are not Christians, but they think they are. In fact, Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, that was, many people will say, Lord, Lord. There's not all those who say, Lord, Lord, who come to the kingdom. 
In that day, many will say that, uh, that we have prophesied here. We have come to church. We've done all these amazing things that only Christians can do. We have done all this in your name. And he said, I will say to them, can you imagine? Verse 23. He said, and I will, I will uh, okay, and then I'll profess to them. New King James said, and, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Ah, was I not a Christian? I said, I never knew you. But I was going to church, I was, I was with the believers. He said, I never knew you. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. He said, for the foundation of the Lord stands firm. Having this, God knows those who are his. The problem is sometimes you might think you are his, but God knows you are not. Because he said, I will say to them, I never, that's serious, I never knew you. But we have been doing all these things. I've been serving in the ushers. I've been singing in the choir. I'm a musician in the church all my life. My father is a bishop. He said, I never know you. Never knew you. So, even if Jesus is saying that, there are a lot of people. There are people, in fact, some of you, you used to call yourself a Christian before you came to find Christ. So, calling yourself a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Bring Manchester United Jesse doesn't make you a Manchester United player. Wearing Je Chelsea jersey doesn't make you a, a, a Chelsea player. So, some of you, you know you were not a Christian, even though you used to go to church with family. Your parents have been in church all your life. So the point I'm making is that you can have, you can be exposed to all this religious environment and still not a Christian. I'm talking in Christianese. You know that we are, we have Chinese, we have Japanese. Some of you, it's a Christianese language. You know what to say and everything, but it doesn't make you a Christian. So don't come and blow your horn and blow hot air about how your father is a bishop. But maybe he's a genuine bishop, genuine uh, dickness. Amazing woman of God. Amazing man of God. So the fact that your, your parents are Christians doesn't make you a Christian. Islam, as for that one, you can understand. Your parents being a, a, a Muslims will make you a Muslim. Hindus will make you. But sorry, Christianity is not like that. It's not like that. So it's interesting how people are ignorant. And Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now when it comes to spirit. Concerning spiritual gifts. No one can speak, say Jesus is Lord, except by the Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit to be able to say Jesus is Lord. Oh, but I can just say, it. yeah, it doesn't mean it carries weight. In the realm of the Spirit, demons will say, Jesus I know, Paul I know, excuse me. Who <laughs> <Ooh>, yeah. <laughs> One day a demon will ask you, wow, go on. <laughs> you are casting demon, and the demon will say, hey, wow, go on give you a whack. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I said concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. Then he says in the verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Wow. Diversities of gifts. So there are spiritual gifts. All right. There, there are things called spiritual gifts. Because the verse 1, again, it says that concerning what? Spiritual gifts. So there are spiritual gifts. What are spiritual gifts? What are spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts are the, verse 7 tells us what spiritual gifts are. But yet, let's look at verse 4 again. It says, there are diversities of gifts. So there are different gifts. But the good news is that it's the same spirit. Behind all of it, manifesting this way, manifesting this way, showing up this way, show by is the same spirit. So there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There, go to the next verse. There are 
There are differences of administration by the same Lord. And then he says there are diversities, the next verse, there are diversities of operation by the same God, which works all in all. Now, then it goes to the verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit, okay? So what are spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the Spirit. They are supernatural in nature. You can, spiritual gifts are supernatural manifestations. Or, we can put it this way, they are things that you can produce naturally. Most, most people who sing and play keyboard is a skill, it's not a gift. It becomes a spiritual gift when it has a supernatural dimension which you can quickly produce at will. Because if it's a spiritual gift, then it's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, not the demonstration of your ability. Yeah. Did you understand that? So what people, some people confuse gifts, spiritual gifts with talents. You can be talented to sing. It doesn't mean it's the manifestation of the Spirit. God can use your singing, which can be a gift to the body of Christ. But this spiritual gift we are talking about, he didn't leave us in any assumption. He mentions them. He mentions them. He said to one is giving the word of wisdom. Um, maybe I'll explain what they are. The nine here, I'll explain what they are and then just try and see how to teach you how to walk in the spirit, how to operate spiritual gifts. How many of you would love to operate spiritual gifts? Yes. Some of you have watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch so much. The only reason why you want to have spiritual gift is to control people. Or to, it doesn't count for that reason. But I'll explain that as we go on. Now, um, let me just explain the spiritual gifts. Maybe I may have to continue on this next week. I didn't, want to, I didn't mean to explain that. I just wanted to teach you how to operate spiritual gifts. Should, should I explain this or I should just teach you how to operate it? So it starts in verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit. What? The word? I can't hear you. So that is one of the spiritual gifts. What's word of wisdom? This is very important. It's not talking about common sense here. And neither is it talking about Solomon's type of wisdom. You're wise. And when you talk, it's wow. You have a gift of wisdom. No, 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 no. Someone can, have, someone can have the gift of wisdom, but it's not the same as the word. It's not the same as the, word, the gift of the word of wisdom. Put it on the screen. One to one is given by the Spirit word, the word of wisdom. That's the gift. The gift is the word of wisdom. And then the next one is the word of knowledge. So what is the word of wisdom? The word of wisdom is where by supernatural indications, I know Annie is about to travel to Nigeria next week. And by the word of wisdom, I tell you, Annie, when you go to Nigeria, someone will invite you to Abuja, but don't go. So it is a bit of, it gives some instructions and directives about the unknown future. So it's like it's telling you about things you shouldn't do or it's not like teaching that shall not steal. That, no, 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 no. This one is something you're about to do which by Agabus in Acts chapter 21 comes to the house 
and takes Paul's girdle and ties his hands. And he says that, well, I don't know who owns this thing, but whoever owns this thing, this is how the Jews are going to do to you when you go to Jerusalem. They, they are going to bind you and afflict you. So he didn't know. But that's what was actually going to happen. So that was the word of wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom actually prescribes do this, don't do it. So if you go, this will happen. So it's better you don't go. It's like predictive. It tells what's about to happen so that you can make a decision based on that. So maybe you are trying to go and read um, biology. But there was a word of wisdom that God wants to use you in a very supernatural way in the air. So it looks like you should consider piloting. Meanwhile, you have not told the person I'm going to read biology. And the, and the person, you don't know the person, but the person knows, even if they know you. But sometimes, like, it's saying things that you know, this, this, this is, how did you know this? Because if it is talent, you can't know what people are planning to do. And now, having said that, let me also introduce you to the realm of the spirit, which is also a reality, but, but not the spirit. So in Acts chapter 16, verse 16, there was a young lady which had the spirit of divination. So divination suits saying. Suits saying is some of you go for palm reading. Those things bring demons into you. You are wondering why you have become so confused. Sometimes it feels like you should just walk around the street and be shouting. Is that soothsayer you went to? She has injected some demons into you. That Obia doctor, that palm reading, they told you, can I look at your palm? I can see. Or horoscope. Your, your life is filled with horror because of the horoscope. That horoscope, scope is sight, and you are watching into horror. Horoscope is demonic. I, I don't believe it. Go on. It will only introduce demons and devils into your life. So God warned his people to stay away from anything that introduces you to the supernatural, which is not by his spirit. So if it's not by the spirit of God, stay away from it. And it's promised you, let me tell you about your future. Let me predict some things to you. Let me predict some things to you. And it's not by the Holy Ghost, run for your life. So this girl who has the spirit of divination, damsel, give me New King James, please, so that it's easier to understand. Damsel is the same as certain girl, okay? It happened as we went to pray. A certain slave girl possessed with what? I can't hear you. So it's a spirit behind it. And what's divination? When it's able to tell you things that are about to happen. It's able to look at you and you have not told them anything about you. He said, I saw you. You went to the doctors. The doctor said you are not well. The doctor said they have to do surgery. I said, and you said, wow. So you see, there are people now, especially in Africa, in Nigeria, Ghana more, in Nigeria, who are behind puppets, using spirit of divination and calling themselves prophets. And watch this. Don't take it for granted. Some of it carries weight. So when you hear those kind of things, you have to learn how to counteract it by the word of God. I refuse that to happen to me. I refuse that. I counteract. I'm telling you. Be careful who lays hands on you. Because when they lay hands on you, they are imparting something into you. When Paul laid hands on, on, as soon as Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. 
in Acts chapter 19, verse 6, and in, in the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 16, when Peter and John, they laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost, verse 17, the Holy Spirit came up, and when the, the guys saw that the, the people received Holy Spirit by the laying, okay, look at verse 18, it says that when Simon the sorcerer, he saw that the, by the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Spirit was given. So spirits are given through laying on of hands as well. Paul was going to pray, Acts chapter 16, verse 16. This young lady, she had a spirit of divination. Uh, watch this. Who brought, and she, she brought um, her masters much profit by what? Fortune. You see, you, see for, you see the spirit behind fortune telling? Fortune telling. It's demonic. Looking into crystal ball. It's demonic. You have it at home. Go and throw it away. There are things that are used for magical and like demonic activities. In Acts chapter 19, verse 18 and 19, people brought their books and magical things. They benched them. You are born again, but you are still keeping some things that is giving demonic access into your life. Get rid of it! Some, some, some people wear all kinds of talisman on your hand, on your waist. You are wearing it because your grandmother brought it for protection. And you are, you are born again, you are still wearing it. It's demonic access, girl. It's giving satanic access to you. See, this is a, well, we, we, sometimes we in the West, oh, I don't believe in all this. All right, all right, go on. Go on. It's a reality. So this lady had the spirit of divination. Give us the, do you have NLT? One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money, and it's always money connected. Fortune teller. Can you imagine you get a slave like that? They went and bought a slave. Later on, found out this slave has got the spirit. Hey! But I'm wondering why the spirit didn't help her not to be a slave. <laughs> because those spirits don't do anything positive. They only drive you into bondage, further bondage, further bondage. So see, look at what happened. Oh, I, I'm enjoying this teaching, man. Look at the next verse. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these are the servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell us how to be. Is it, was it true? Yes. It was true. So the fact that she didn't know them, but by demonic intelligence she could tell this is a man of god these are people of god they are telling us and she'll be saying after them she wasn't lying but it was in the right spirit so much the fact that someone is speaking the truth doesn't mean you should expose your spirit to them he's speaking something that is a fact but the spirit behind it is what is about to endanger your life so she kept doing this she said they are coming to preach to her and this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And immediately the spirit left her. The spirit left her. So, suit saying, fortune telling, all those things. Some of you have been into places like that. Someone took you, let's go. Let's go and find out what's going on. Let's go and they will tell us this. Let's go. You will always contract a major devil. And when you contract a devil, you don't know. Later on, I begin to show. Demons, they smuggle themselves into people's life. 
Oh yeah. It's smuggled. Through these ways, you expose yourself, you go and kneel down in some places. Yoga, it brings devils. It's my job to help you. Yoga. It's coming. They are coming. As soon as you do it, they say, oh, let's go. Let's go. They are coming. Yeah. Yoga. Any form of chanting that gives you access into the spiritual world outside of the Holy Ghost exposes you demonic influences and satanic possession. Any form. And so, but yoga is just, oh, you are doing that. But then later on, you begin to let the energy, let the energy, let the energy, energy. What, what, which energy? <laughs> is that how they do it? Which energy? Tell me, which energy? If it's energy you want, do some press-ups then. Do some press-ups. But which other energy that is not physical? It's introducing you into the metaphysical world. It's introducing you to the spiritual world. And you are without cover if you enter there. You are introducing yourself into shackles. Into chains. That's one of the things that good preaching does. An anointed preaching casts devils out of people. By the power of the Holy Ghost. You remember how the, the apostles said it? If we, by the finger of God, cast out devils. That's what Jesus said, sorry. In Luke, Luke chapter 11 verse 20. He said, if I, the only way you can cast out devils is by the finger of God. And the finger of God means the power of the Holy Ghost. If I, by the finger of God, cast out devils. So that's how we deal with it. Paul said to the demon, in the name of Jesus, I command you, come out. So, so we have the word of wisdom. Don't confuse it with fortune telling. Don't confuse it with fortune telling. Someone is telling you about your future, I told you about your past, and he tells you about everybody who says, Ooh, I see greatness all over you. I see greatness. What spirit is he using? You must be more interested in that than what they are saying. Because as soon as they start up, up, approaching and operating, transactions are taking place. Once your spirit is open, transactions are taking place. Satan is always transacting something. Praise the Lord. So, it's important to understand that the word of wisdom has some predictive elements. How about the word of knowledge? The word of knowledge is how Jesus knew what they were thinking. So it's a supernatural knowledge about somebody's current situation or past situation without human physically being told. So you see, sometimes I'm preaching, I said, there's somebody, I see the Holy Spirit, that's word of knowledge. You get to know something supernaturally. Uh, I can, I, maybe I'm preaching, I said, there's someone here. Um, maybe your name will be mentioned. And that's what happens a lot in Ghana. And it's, then they say they are prophets. For prophets. But that's, it's not wrong. If it's in the name of the Lord, sometimes God will help you. So, word of knowledge is the supernatural ability to know. The job of the man of God fundamentally is to teach somebody what the word is saying. It's not to operate like a spiritual guru. If you're a man of God, then you carry special powers from God 
And you should, you'll be able to see things no one is seeing. You'll be able to know things no one is knowing. And it's you are the one who God can use to do something. And so they are not seeking God, but they are seeking you like Simon the sorcerer. So you will do something on them with your powers. If it means they have to pay you, they'll pay you. If I have word of knowledge, if, if you said you are, you, are, you are sharp or you have word of knowledge, how come the guy was playing with you and... He has not been sleeping for the past three nights. And he's not feeling well. And you didn't know. You see, you, see, you see the logical conclusion? So because you had the word of knowledge, you should know other things. That's, that's witchcraft. That's spiritists. He says that to one is given by the spirit. If he has not given to me, I don't, it naturally, how can I know? Oh, but I thought you had the gift of word of knowledge. It's not resident. It's not my personal possession that, okay, if I want to use it, oh, then I use it. Anything I don't want, okay, bring me somebody. Let me look at your face. I'll know whether you are lying. I'm a lie detector. I have a spirit of lie detection. Mm, oh, yes, you are lying. You're, oh, the spirit of telling. Oh, the spirit of telling you are lying. So they have made. Christianity, real Christianity and spirituality, very spooky. You, you, you are special. Nobody is that special. It's the Holy Ghost that must come. Oh, come on, I feel like preaching. It's the Holy Spirit upon your life. And he takes the credit. Why are we to honor the man of God? Not because he's powerful, but because he teaches God's word to us. How beautiful. The honor for a man of God is from there. Especially the ability to help you to see God in his word. Not the power to do things. Even though when you teach God's word well, the God backs his word. So to one is giving word of wisdom. To another, word of knowledge. Now you know what word of knowledge is. Hey, there's somebody here, you have headache. Oh, wow, how did you know? It's a word of knowledge. And so you're expecting the next time he comes and you're, you're having menstrual cramps, he will know. He might not know. He might not know. He might only see the headache one or know by supernatural. That's what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. But there's someone next sitting next to that person whose leg is frozen and swollen. And he didn't know about that. Or the one who was holding the oil for him was having abdominal pains, but he didn't know about that. But the Holy Spirit showed him that. So why? Because God knows what he's doing. Maybe this is a, you understand? We have to leave the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. So word of wisdom. Word of, is not money learning something at all. Word of wisdom. Word of, for two, one is giving the spirit of word of wisdom, another word of knowledge by the same spirit. Let's go to the verse nine. To another faith, but I said that's interesting. Now, you see this faith, but Pastor, I said the just faith come by hearing of the word. No, this is not the faith we're talking about. Smith Wigglesworth, the man of faith, they brought somebody who had a big belly problem, and he was dying. So bring that man, and he gave you, and they said, oh, you've killed him, and the man fell. You've killed him. 
He said, no, I don't kill you. Wake up. It's fine. And when the guy got up, shrank and everything was gone. Now, so then you too. You go, they tell somebody sick. The person falls down, complications, they sue you, you are in court. <laughs> that is not prescription. But he was a man of faith. He operated with some strange, extreme faith. Look at what happened at the beautiful gate in Acts chapter 3. They told the man, verse 6, Silver and gold have I none, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. What? Was that the end of the story? No. They held him. It must take faith to hold the power. Someone who has never walked, to hold him and pull him, start walking. What if he doesn't? But he will, because it was a unique demonstration of a gift of faith. It was a gift of faith to be able to take an extreme step which naturally no one would do. And they took him by the hand, his right hand, and jumped him up. And the Bible says, immediately, if they had not lived there, you wouldn't have gotten it. The, the gift of faith is the ability to act by faith in an extreme way that is not natural. And the results follow. If it's the gift of faith, the results will follow. Which is different from you taking, believing God's word and taking a step of faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we have the gift of faith. And then he says that the gifts of healing by the same spirit. Now, every believer, according to Mark chapter 16, verse 16 and 17, particularly verse 16, it says that uh, he that believes and is baptized, which shall be saved by it as in verse 17, it says that these are the signs that will follow those who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. So I don't know why people are making noise about tongues. Because Jesus said the believers, these are signs. The next one says that, Verse 18, and they shall take up serpents, and if they drink deadly things, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So it's, it's the believers, it's just like preaching. How many of you have prayed for the sick before? Someone who is sick. How many of you, those who sins have lived there, pray for someone who is sick and they were not healed? Even let me put up my two hands. How many of you have prayed for someone who was sick and they, they, they got healed? They said, oh, things have changed. So you don't determine. So when we are young, one of the things that, we are still young, one of the things that, <laughs> one of the things that our mentors taught us, just step out in faith. When you are preaching, you see a sick person, ask him, can I pray for you? If you say, yes, pray for them. When you finish and they don't get healed, you didn't, first of all, you didn't make them sick. You are just trying to help them. <laughs> so you are not responsible for their sickness. You are just trying to help them and maybe you didn't. Sometimes all these things, the heat, so that's the general believers one. Whilst you see somebody like Benny Hinn, or sometimes when we do miracle service, like Pastor David, those ones, those ones are the gifts of healing. Usually on a massive scale. Somebody's receiving healing. They receive, someone is sick. Receive like this morning. Look, we had a beautiful testimony. Someone comes to church, and when they're in the world, he used to mess up with, I think, her boyfriend, and they were living together, and she contracted um, STD. 
an in, oh, incurable, I didn't even know about that one, incurable STD. And the guy left her. And I was saying this morning, guys always leave you. No, please. He's telling you how he will die for you. It's a lie. He is too young to be thinking I'm dying for you. No, really? But my boy really means it. That's when it will even hurt you more. Because you believe him so much. You know, and he will prove everything to show you how genuine. In fact, when you were not, he didn't know you were watching him. He was, he was doing things that are, ah, touch your heart. And he finally concluded, this guy is good. I will, I will, I will be for him. But, but, listen, listen. But the good news is, according to Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hey. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The second one is sent me to heal the broken hearted. Shariah! So if you have been emotionally hurt, wounded, damaged, and you are struggling to recover, I'm glad you are here. Because there's an anointing that takes care. <laughs> How many of you, when you arrived, you were so emotionally wounded and hurt beyond recovery, but now you are so free. You are so free. You are so free. You are so free. I'm no longer slave to sin. Oh, I am the child of God. She said the, lady, the guy left her with STD. She found herself in church. Sometimes good you were hurt. It, it helped you to look for God. And it's, it's, all of us come to God through different circumstances. However you came, the most important thing is you are in. You came. I'm glad you came today. I'm, I'm happy you came today. I'm, I'm really happy you came today. Some of us, if that thing hadn't happened, you wouldn't have looked for God. The devil thought he was hurting you, but he doesn't know what he did has pushed you to go. The Bible says that if the prince of this world had known, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. They think they were getting rid of him, but rather they fulfilled the purpose of God. Joseph in Genesis chapter, chapter 50 said, you meant it for evil. Hey, but God meant it for good. But God meant it for good. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now let me get on, let me finish this. Don't feel sorry about what happened in your past if it has driven you to find Christ. That's good news. And the beautiful thing about looking for God is you never come to him and he tells you no. He doesn't have that vocabulary in his arsenal or in his dictionary or in his repertoire when it comes to people who are looking for him. God never says no to human beings living. When they are looking for him, he won't say no. But when you die, all you see is no. <laughs> he said, no, I don't know you. Away from me. Well, so the girl contracted the sickness. She comes to church and she gets born again. 
she was encouraged to serve faithfully in church. She's been serving in church, active in church. Those of us who don't like coming to church regularly, you, you are, there are things you are missing. You are, you are not losing when you are coming closer to God. And she came to church, and last, was it last week or last two weeks? I was preaching, and I said, I see God is healing people, even people with um, incurable STDs. I said, I see someone with incurable, God is healing the person. God is healing. But that, no, no, word of knowledge. I, after now, I don't know who he is, because the testimony was anonymous, because it's a bit, you know, of, uh, I don't know who he is. That's why I didn't know whether he's a male or female. I think later on they said it looks like he's a female. But I don't know who he is. And I don't need to know. Because what has that got to do with me? Why am I nosy? What has that got to do with me? It's God who was healing his daughter. But use me as a vessel. I don't need to know the details. I don't, it's not my business. It's none of my business. And but word of knowledge made me know God is healing someone with an incurable STD. And today, she said, after that, she said, amen. She connected. See, when you sit in church and close your heart, you are losing out. Missing out big time. She, when she heard it, she said, amen. Those of you who don't know how to shout amen. I don't know. I don't know. She screamed amen. When I said, God is healing, she knew. She said, she screamed amen. And then she went back to the doctors for checkup. She went to test. Then they went, they said, you are negative. Everything is clear for your sister. was word of knowledge operating gift of healing same thing two gifts operating to another the working of miracles that's a gift that's the gift he gives the working of miracles to another the working of miracles Paul was doing miracles Peter was doing miracles. They even raised the dead. I believe there are people here who God will use to raise the dead. When it comes to spiritual gifts, uh, that's the main message I was about to teach, but I have to do it next week. When it comes to spiritual gifts, never ever think there's something in your past that can disqualify you from operating spiritual gifts. Because spiritual gift is not a private possession. It's like you are a conduit. You are a channel. So if you make yourself available, he will pass through you. It is not based on, watch this, this is a very important point. I'm about to make a very serious point. Spiritual gift is not based on how long you have been in Christ. Spiritual gift is not based on your maturity. That's why people can operate in spiritual gift and another time you see that they have messed up. Because spiritual gift is not based on your spiritual maturity. The fact that you see someone operating spiritual gift doesn't mean they are matured. Because most people are using assumption. They project their ideas onto what they think the scripture is saying. And they are off. Then they go and sit on social media, go and sit on Instagram, TikTok, and all those places, and start teaching people. Blowing hot air and junk they've not been taught. They might say some things right, but it's a mixture of truth and falsehood. Not because they are bad people, not because they are malicious people, but they are ignorant people. See, when you get to a place you believe that God speaks to you personally and everybody else is wrong, you are in error. God never prays like that. Don't give your attention to any preacher 
who is not basing what he's teaching on proper scriptural interpretation. Because they can quote scriptures, but out of context. Because I said, you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. Never forget that statement. That's why whatever people say, it must be judged in the context of what the scripture is saying. That's how cults start. Cults start by people believing that God, they have esoteric information. They have exclusive insights into God's word. Others are wrong. And no one can challenge them based on what scripture is saying. There are some religions, if you challenge their book, they will kill you. They will chop off your head for challenging their book and saying that this is wrong, this is wrong. Christianity, you can point anything. You can, in fact, Christians, we, our main area of discourse is scripture. So when I meet you and you're a Christian and I don't have, I, 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 my, my issue with you shouldn't be your character. My issue with you should be your doctrine. I will not fellowship with someone with wrong doctrine. No. Because what keeps us safe is sound doctrine. So a pastor who tells you there's no, you don't need his every time Bible, Bible, he's not a pastor, he's a gangster. Because when we come to church, it's Bible, 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 Bible. Everything in Christianity rises and falls on right interpretation of Scripture. Any organization, whether they are making people rich or making them poor, or making them come out of the street from prison. And it doesn't matter. If the focus is not the Christ of the Bible, it doesn't have a future. It won't last. It won't last. So, to one, gift of faith. So we have seen word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healings. Let's go to verse 10. To another, working of miracles. That's five so far. Now, to another prophecy. Oh, oh. What is prophecy? Prophecy is, has two elements. There are two elements of prophecy. One element is forth, forth, say forth. Forth telling, to speak forth. Speak forth. So, forth speaking. You are speaking forth. You are, you are just speaking. So, forth telling. And the other element of prophecy is foretelling. So, the foretelling has the predictive element. And the foretelling has the power that speaks out what God is saying. So, I can, in fact, in certain sound Christian denominations or uh, fraternities, I can just take the scripture, like last Sunday I was preaching, he will deliver my feet from, my, eye, my soul from death, my feet from falling, and my, so my eyes from tears, my feet from falling. So I can, there's a, God will deliver your soul from death, your eyes from tears. That's prophesying. Prophesying. Using the scripture and saying what, you know I taught you something we have not been doing, but, and you say it the worst. They say, oh, in Christ alone, my hope is found. Some, in some traditions, they, that's, that's how we prophesy. One person keeps quiet, or everybody keeps and one person or two people will say it together. So we can, that's why I said, if I come and I'm coming to prophesy, how do I prophesy in tongues? What's the meaning of that nonsense? It's, it's practical nonsense. You think you are speaking in tongues, but it's nonsense to us. So if you are going to prophesy, if you are going to speak to two people, you either prophesy or you teach. 
Now, so when we say prophesy, it, you don't, prophesying doesn't make you a prophet. So, to another, the gift of prophecy. What is the gift of prophecy? Where Bible talks about, um, in Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 11, from verse 27 or something, there, I think was one prophet, or Agabus, I don't think, I think it's Agabus, prophet came from Jerusalem to Antioch, all right, um, then he stood and said, yes, yeah, it's Agabus, Agabus prophesied and say, he says that, this, watch this, and signified by the spirit that there should be great death throughout all the world. You know when coronavirus was coming, I didn't know about it, but I spoke about it, I see something coming. That's prophesying. That's pro- you, you, you foretell something ahead. How would you know intellectually? You can't know that. But the Bible says that he spoke by the Spirit of God, that farming was ahead. So to prophesy, it takes the Spirit of God. You speak over situations. You prophesy. You declare things that are about to happen. You speak about things that are ahead. You see, these things are common occurrence for believers. It's not for pastors. It's not for church leaders. That's why it doesn't require maturity. It's for believers. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your longevity in church. If your heart is open, and I'll show you the conditions. How to operate spiritual gifts. Um, working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discernment of spirit. Many years ago, I knew a friend, a lady in Bible school. We were in Bible school. And then she's so super spiritual. Those are the ones that can see demons in books, demons in food. They see demons in screens. Sometimes they can look at the clouds, they say, oh, I can see demons. Look at they, 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 are, they are put their hands together. <laughs> Some of those things borders on mental health issues. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've been a pastor for a while, I've been in church. Usually the beginning of mental health challenges come with, I can see, I can hear. I can see, I can <laughs> Every time I've seen, Every time, the Lord is telling me, every time, the Holy Spirit said, go into bath. The Holy Spirit said today, I shouldn't use that bathroom. I should, oh, come on, now it's getting too much. The Holy Spirit said, today, the only food I should eat is Nando. You are lying. <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, a certain gentleman, like we are all in church, likes this lady, went to the lady, said, the Holy Spirit said, you'll be my wife. And... And you know what the lady told him? The lady told him that, oh, can I pray about it and I'll come back to you maybe a few days. So yes, the Holy Spirit told me. So the lady went and then later on came to her and said, what's the Holy Spirit? Have you heard from God? He said, oh yes, I've heard from him. He said, yes. What did he say? He said, the Holy Spirit said, you should build me a house and marry me. And he said, but the Holy Spirit, no, I don't have money. And she also, but the Holy Spirit, no, I also don't like you. <laughs> Listen, if you are interested in somebody, don't go and use the Holy Spirit. Yes. Be man enough. Yes. If you go and she says no, what's wrong? Look for another available person, damsel, and then go. 
You don't need to drink alcohol before you tell a woman I love you. That means that you are not genuine. That means that you are not a man enough. Most Christian brothers, they will go and say, and the ladies, they, they do it differently. They will say, I had a dream. I keep seeing you in my dream. What's the meaning? But when the people say the Spirit said, you know what it means? Stay out. You have to accept it. That's control. That's manipulation. So even me as a pastor, I'll hardly be dealing with you and say, the Spirit of God is telling me. I give you instructions based on what I say the Spirit of God is telling me. I won't do that. And even if I believe the Spirit of God is telling me, there is a human side, side that might be wrong. Maybe out of timing. Maybe it means next year. But I, I heard it now. Or maybe it means last year something happened. I heard it and I didn't, in the realm of the three, there's no distance and time. So, so sometimes it's even safer to say, I feel. I have a feeling than to debate the Holy Spirit told me. Most people use that to show how spiritual they are. Anyone who always says the Holy Spirit, like that auntie, the Holy Spirit taught me. The Holy Spirit taught me. Don't mind her. She's lying. Tell her to go and sort out her family life. <laughs> Most of them, when they are over 40s and into 45 and they, are, they haven't been able to get their family lives in order, they become so always in church and every time, so spiritual. Hey, the Holy Spirit. Come, the Holy Spirit says I should pray for you. Because I want you to do something. And they want to lay hands on you. Hold your hands and say, please don't lay hands on me. Is someone learning something? Let's finish. So we've dealt with word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healing, working of miracles, word of prophecy, discernment of spirits. So this person I was in Bible school with, when like come here, you are praying, she can say, hmm. Later I said, I heard that lady's tongue. It's fake. It's not genuine. That person's tongue. Not... You don't have anything to do in life. That's why you are trying to Check which people's tongues is fake or how do, what, what kind of what kind of gift is this? It's a bogus gift. When you hear someone say, Me, I have spirit of discernment. What do you mean by you have spirit of it? You have it. So I, when a pastor is preaching and it's not of the spirit, I can tell you are fake. The only way you can tell this man of God is not genuine is the way the scripture handles the scripture. Not by some spiritual, the Holy Spirit tells you are fake. The only way you know someone is of God is when the word of God is in them. It's, it's not, that when I hear him, I will know it. If I've, I've seen unbelievers, some people who say, me, I have very sharp discernment. When I go to a church and the spirit is not there, I know. What have you produced in the church with that thing? Show us your works. Show us your fruits and stop this blah, 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 braggadocious lifestyle. Uh, so another discernment of spirits. Oh, I haven't explained discernment. The discernment of spirit is the ability by the inspiration of the spirit to know what kind of spirit is at work. So someone begins to say, oh, the Lord is good here. And suddenly you can tell. There have been times I'm leading a service and someone gets up screaming, screaming, and then some people think it's demonic, but I can tell, no, it's not demonic. The spirit is working on it. There are times somebody do the same thing and I can tell this is a, a, an evil spirit. They, this, it's not always, but there are times God will grant you the spirit of discernment to tell. You can discern. It's more discerning of what spirit is at work. That's how Paul knows that this girl 
this fortune teller. He said, it's an evil spirit at work. So you are able to discern. But it's not a personal possession. As you walk with God, he can sensitize you at a certain moment to be able to tell. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then, so discernment, discerning of spirits to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Now, what is diverse kinds of tongues? Tongues there means language. So when people want to attack the fact that we speak in church, we speak in tongues in church, do you know what they use? They use Acts chapter 2. And then they will tell you that every people from verse 6, 7, 8, the people were hearing them in their own language. And they will tell you when in Acts chapter 4 they spoke in tongues, people heard them in their own language. How come your own? No one can hear. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. It said, when anyone speaks in tongues, in an own tongues, he doesn't speak to men, but to God. How be, in the, he said, no man understands him. So that means there might be a difference between this one and the Acts chapter 4 one. Now, so it says, for if I speak in what? Uh, he that speaks in what? An unknown. So anytime you see tongues, replace language. In an unknown language. Unknown language, no one knows it. But in Acts chapter 4, chapter 2, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all began to speak with what? Other, other. Now, when you look at the scripture we are dealing with, in First Corinthians chapter twelve, to another is given the different kinds of. I don't speak Cantonese, and suddenly I'm speaking, and you can hear I can speak Cantonese. No, it's not natural. That's the supernatural. It's happening in different instances where people go some places, they are preaching, and then by the time you realize they are speaking the language, and they didn't even know that's the language they are speaking. No, it is not from the intellect. Those are unique moments, and it's the working of the Holy Spirit. So that other language, is, which is different from the strange tongues, I quoted a scripture in Mark, in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. He said, those who believe in my name, they shall cast out devils, and then they shall speak with words, New, new. Now, this new languages, new is the same as strange, is the same as unknown. So when I'm speaking new tongues, it's new, you don't know it. It's not communication. Are you getting it? So that falls under the manifestation of the spirit. And then it says the interpretation of tongues. How about that? Like I'm preaching, then the spirit of prophecy comes on me. But I begin to prophesy in tongues. Kula bashi higher. Marco, no, no, please let me finish. <laughs> then I'm prophesying in tongues. Watch this, this is important. Then somebody, spirit of interpretation comes on him. He said, this is what the Lord is saying to us, that within a short time, he's going to break revival loose on this country. Now, the one interpreting the tongues I just spoke, needs that spirit, the gift of interpretation of tongues. It's not from the intellect, but it's the manifestation. I've been in meetings where there's a prophetic word in tongues and someone gives the interpretation. Or sometimes I can speak a prophetic word and God will give me the interpretation. And I say it. 
That's prophesying. So Paul in 1 Corinthians says that if you are going to speak to us in tongues, then there must be somebody who can interpret. Because someone needs to understand the gibberish. <laughs> that you just said. That's, it's not verse 5, sorry. It's, it's in the verse 20s. Someone has said one should prophesy and the others must interpret. Thank you for choosing to listen to this message by David Entry. We hope you were blessed by it. You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including TikTok and Threads. There's also many more messages to listen to from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and on the Carish Church app. Be blessed.